Welcome to the podcast for Real Church. We meet every Sunday at 10 a.m. at East Coweta High School in Sharpsburg. We invite you to join us for our energetic and passionate worship services. Check us out at realchurchcoweta.com or search for us on Facebook at Real Church Coweta. We hope you enjoy this week's message. A couple of um, a couple of months after that video, uh, Rich Mullins actually died in a uh, Jeep. His Jeep overflipped and overturned, and he was run over by an 18-wheeler. Isn't that crazy? Um, sometimes I think, God, he could have went a little bit different way, you know? <laughs> Maybe had a little bit more something else, but apparently that wasn't God's plan. Um, why did I show a video like that to start out? Let me let me explain to you why I did. Um, I was raised uh, a non-believer. All right, I didn't believe in Christ. As a matter of fact, I didn't know who Christ was. Um, I didn't know anything about Jesus. I didn't know what Jesus was for. Uh, I didn't know who Jesus was. I didn't know Jesus, like the name Jesus. I never heard Jesus. Um, I knew the Easter Bunny and Santa Claus. Uh, and whenever we were growing up, we called him Santa Claus. All right, if you're in the South, um, and so we called him Santa Claus. And um, I just knew that he brought gifts and that he uh, would was really fat and liked cookies. Uh, that I tried to sneak in and eat every once in a while, but I never could because my mom would send me back to bed. Um, and so I, I I didn't know anything about Jesus though, and not knowing anything about Jesus, whenever I first heard about Christ. The first thing I remember thinking is, oh my gosh, this is the this is the person that I've been talking to for a long time. <laughs> this is the person I've been talking to for such a long time. This is the person who I had been talking to in my bed whenever my dad had gotten drunk uh, and whenever I had taken and pulled the cover over my head like I used to do when my dad was in a kind of a rage and I'd pull him over my head and I would start talking to God, whatever that was. And I began to realize that it was Jesus that I was talking to. And so I, I ended up a couple of years later giving my life over to Christ. And when I gave my life over to Christ, I met this guy who actually introduced me to this kind of music, this Christian music. Now, I didn't like um, Christian music per se. Um, I, I didn't really um, I, I didn't really like it because um, it stunk. Uh, if I'm being honest, um, and but there was just there was one or two artists that I really really liked, all right, and there was one in particular that I really liked, and that artist's name was Rich Mullins, who we just saw on the screen. I liked Rich Mullins because he was real. I liked him because he was real. I liked him because a lot of the things that he talked about were very raw and were very real, and and he didn't present himself in a way that was polished. And I love that. I was sitting at home. I'll never forget this. I was sitting at home um, on a Friday night and I got a call. Uh, and it was from the student pastor of the church that I went to in Jackson. It was a medium-sized church. It wasn't a big church. But uh, I, I got a call and he said, hey, are you sitting down? I said, yeah, I'm sitting down. He said, you're not going to believe this. He said, we have a lot of work to do between now and Sunday night. And I said, why? <laughs> and he said, I just got a call from Rich Mullins. And I said, you're lying. You didn't get a call from Rich Mullins. He goes, no, I'm serious. He is doing a concert tonight in Nashville. And he wants to do a concert in Jackson 
because he has one in Memphis on Tuesday night, and he wants to split it up. So they're going to come to Jackson, and they want to do a concert at our church. And I was like, we have a tiny church. Why would he want to come to us? Well, I don't know, but that's just the situation. Are you willing to help? I said, yes, I'm in. So all that Saturday, we took the time to work and work and work and work and get everything set up. We actually went onto the radio and started telling people, and we we started we blasted it out all kind. Of, back then, we didn't have Facebook, Instagram, you know, whatever a gram, uh, cell phones. We didn't have that. Okay, we had a phone. Okay, and it was we were barely out of the rotary dial situation. All right, so. So we had to go, and we went to different churches, and I went around all Saturday contacting the pastors and telling them to announce it. Went to the co- there was a couple of colleges. I went to a couple of colleges, had them announce it. And, um, and so they announced it. And, and the coolest thing is, is right after church that afternoon, uh, Rich Mullins shows up to our church with his band, with, with this group of people, and they showed up. And we got to spend the whole afternoon with them. And... Um, he was exactly what he was on the video. Uh, he was exactly the same way that his songs talked about. He was exactly everything that everything that I thought he would be was exactly who he was. He walks out um, into the concert area uh, and really didn't have a lot of big lights or anything. He just kind of walked up. Uh, he had no shoes on, which I thought was kind of odd, but he had no shoes on. Uh, he walked up and music's there and he gets up and he starts talking and he starts playing with the band. And I was blown away. I was a new believer, a couple years into believing about Christ. And I was really blown away by what he was about. If I'm being honest, the church that I attended, the church that I attended was kind of legalistic. All right? Let me put it this way. It was Church of Christ with a piano. All right? That's basically what it was. And it was legalistic. And there wasn't a lot of support for the concert from that church, but it was, it was, the gym was packed out from all the other churches in town and youth groups and those kind of things. But the church I went to was kind of legalistic, and they, what they would do is, is they would have a new person come in. And they wouldn't literally pull it out, but they would kind of pull out this cookie-cutter image of what you're supposed to look like as a Christian, and then they would try to shove you through it. And as they shoved you through it, you would pop out on the other side and you would be this cookie cutter Christian, onward Christian soldiers, always marching on or whatever, however it goes. I told you I wasn't a, I didn't have one a Christian when I was younger. So, but you know, that's what they wanted to do. The music of Rich Mullins and his whole life didn't fit into any of that. Didn't fit into any of it. And honestly, I didn't want mine to fit into it either. I didn't. And so I had this passion. I had this real passion of being someone who was very real in their faith. And it's so funny because I figured out something about churches. I figured out that if you're real in your faith, you offend people at the church. Because most of them don't want you to be real in your faith. They don't. They don't. They don't want you to be real in their faith. Most churches actually want you to conform to whatever belief system that they have, and they want you to act like everyone else acts at the church. The only problem with that is, is that you and I both have to go home. We have to go home, and when we go home, we know, you know and I know, 
that who we were a couple of hours ago wasn't who we actually are, that we're really a bunch of screwed up, messed up people. And the funny thing is, is that the very thing that Jesus taught against is what a lot of churches want you to do. It's funny that the, the people that he criticized the most and confronted the most were the religious people. He did. And a lot of us, a lot of us have experienced that. We've experienced that. It was in September of 1997, and I was in Smyrna, Tennessee. I had just gotten through eating Mexican food. Shocker to y'all. I had just gotten through eating Mexican food at a Mexican place called Cozumel. Cozumel Mexican Restaurant. I was driving around. Wendy and I were looking for a house. All right? We were looking for a house to buy. We had just looked at a house, and we were driving. I'll never forget. I pulled out of the subdivision that we looked at and started driving on the road, and I came to a stop sign. And back then, I listened to Christian music on the radio. I don't anymore, but for the same reason that I didn't back then, to be honest with you, because it kind of stinks now. But, um, but uh, I, I turned on the radio, and they were playing a song. And the song was... Our God is an awesome God. He reigns from... See, Rich Mullins wrote that song too. It's his most famous song. And they were playing that song, and I was like, man, I hadn't heard this in years. All these memories start flooding back. And then the guy comes on and says, that's the song for the late Rich Mullins who died in a car crash last night in Kansas. And when I heard that, something in me kind of died. Something in me kind of died. And I, I got kind of sad. And I was like, man, it's part of me that has kind of gone away. And I got over it. And I started going to church. And I started being active. And God started calling me into ministry. And suddenly I became a pastor. And I started doing pastoral stuff. And I, 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 I went. And I wasn't the lead pastor. So I couldn't really give the vision or direction of the church. And so I did everything I could in order to try and be the best pastor I could be. I wanted to be supportive. I wanted to be all these things. But something was wrong. There was something that was missing. And so I actually left the church and went to a different church. And when I went to the different church, I really tried to be much more real. And people really responded to that for me. They responded to that. They responded to the fact that there was genuineness. They responded to the fact, but still I feel like I continued to kind of slide down. And suddenly after five, six years of ministry, I forgot all about all that time when I was younger. I forgot all about that. You see, what had happened was is I'd had kids, all right, and, and I'd gotten married and I'd had kids and I, I, was, um, I was doing the work thing and we had budgets and we had a house to pay for and we had cars to pay for and we had bills to pay like we all do, right? Like life happens. Life comes at us, all right? And I got into a routine and my routine was day after day after day after day. And this routine went on and on and on. And I got into a routine and everything kind of became routine in my life. Everything became very structured. There's only one problem. I'm not a structured person. God didn't call me to be a structured person. He he didn't call me to be, God didn't call me to be this cookie cutter. 
And I've always been a little bit rebellious, and I've always been a little, a, a, a little bit. Um, I can frustrate people because I'm kind of a little bit rebellious. And God started planting in my heart about planting a church. And I started thinking maybe it could happen. And it was weird because at that time I started thinking about, of all things, of all things, I started thinking about Rich Mullins. And when I started thinking about Rich Mullins, I started going back in my mind and thinking about how I lived my life then and how I was living my life now. You guys, I got on a plane to South America with $20 in my pocket and went on a mission trip to Guyana, South America in the jungles of South America. 20 bucks. I had all kinds of money and our missionary friend had went to Walmart. And if you ever thought fanny packs were a good idea, this is this will kill it, all right? This will kill it. He had a fanny pack and he used the restroom and he left the fanny pack in the restroom and someone took $7,000 and he lost it. And I had $600 in my pocket and I was like, hey, and, and our, our, our leader just said, hey, here's a hat. We're not going to be able to go on this trip unless we get this money back. And one by one, we all started throwing money in. And he went around and gave everybody $20. And he said, let's live on faith for about 35 days. And I did that. I did that. That was where I was at that time. That was where my faith was at that time. Crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. But that's who I, that's who I identified with. Can we bring the picture up? Gosh, you know who that is? That's me. That's me with hair, and that's Wendy with long, beautiful, flowing hair. <clears throat> Wendy likes short hair. I like long hair. That's me, and it's funny because I'm standing in front of the church that I was a member of. That's the church where Rich came. That's me, and I remember that time so well. I remember I remember how in love I was. I remember how 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 much how eat up with it I was, so to speak. You know what I'm saying? Um, I would drive you guys. I, I don't, I, I'm just kind of embarrassed to say this now, but I, I would drive, I would drive eight hours on a Friday morning to spend two and a half days with Wendy and drive back Sunday afternoon and get back in time to go to work Monday morning at 7 a.m. with no sleep. And I worked in a mental hospital. I didn't live in a mental hospital. I worked in a mental hospital. And it's crazy. It's crazy because we got married and life started happening and tornadoes literally came and we moved and we had kids and ministry happened. And joys happen and sorrows happen and pain and struggles and everything. And I forgot. Forgotten that. A lot like I had done with Rich, I've forgotten that. I've forgotten that passion. I've forgotten that 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 absolute passion that I had in that picture. 
It's amazing. It's amazing what God will take you through. The title of the series is simple. It's going through the book of Colossians simply. The first chapter of the book of Colossians, the first section is drawing people back and reminding them exactly what they had in Christ. You see, Paul is in prison writing a letter to this church because he's heard that they have allowed a lot of other things to enter into their lives. And he's writing this letter to this church that, by the way, he'd never been to. Now, you have to know something about, uh, about where Colossians sat, where the people of Colossians lived. They lived about 120 miles from Ephesians, from Ephesus, which was the center, the center of the trade of the Roman Empire. And Coloss was about 120 miles away. And a member of the Ephesian church went and started the church. And when he started the church, they had the same passion. They had the same newness. They had the same fervor. They had the same, same stuff that you and that I had. But here's the thing. After a while, people started coming in and saying, ah, you don't really need to do that. Nah, you don't need to say those things in church. Ah, no. Listen, I know you talk about Jesus, but the truth is that it's Jesus and one other. It's Jesus and this. It's the, you know, you, you, can, you can say you follow and you can say, and it's really not that simple. You see, you have to have Jesus and someone else. And then, or, or, or you have to have Jesus in this belief. Or you have to have Jesus in that belief. Or you have to have Jesus in this or Jesus in that. And this is what Paul says, starting in verse 3. We always pray for you, and we give thanks to God the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, for we have heard, for we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus, and you love your love for all of God's people. For we have heard of your faith in Christ, and we have and we've heard of your love for all God's people which come from your confident hope of what God has reserved for you in heaven. You have had this expectation since. I want you to listen to this part. You have had this expectation since you first heard the truth of the good news. This same good news that came from you is going out all over the world. Let me tell you what he's saying. He's saying this. He's saying, listen, you, we have heard about your faith and we have heard about your love for other people. And those things, those things all come from this good news. And this good news, I want you to know, this good news is going out all over the world. It's bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives just just as it changed your lives from the day you first heard and understood the truth about God's wonderful grace. And it says this, you learned about the good news from who? From Epaphras. He was the one that was from the Ephesus church. Our beloved coworker, he is Christ's faithful servant and he is helping you on our behalf. He has told us about the love you have for others that the Spirit has given 
to you. Can I tell you guys something? Sometimes, sometimes, not all the time, sometimes we allow time to cloud our vision. Sometimes we allow time to cloud our vision. Sometimes, sometimes we allow the passing of time to cloud our vision. We forget we forget the passion that we had maybe for our spouse. We forget the passion that we had for Christ. We forget the passion that we had for life because of time and the events that come in time. I know for me, for me, this last two weeks, knowing I was going to do this, all I've listened to and all I've watched is Rich Mullins. And I know that may sound crazy to you, but he had a passion for God and he had a realness for God when it really wasn't okay to have that. When it really wasn't okay to be that, he was anyway. And that is what drew me to Jesus in the first place. I knew that I was never going to be a stand up, put a tie on, put on some uncomfortable dress shoes, get up in front of people and try to convince them that I'm something that I'm not. I knew that wasn't me. I can't tell you how many times I've told God, God, if you're real, you're going to have to show me because I'm doubting right now. If you're real, you're going to have to, you're going to have lightning bolts going to have to hit or something because I'm doubting right now. And I'd lost that. I'd lost that. We lose that because of the passing of time. Can I tell you a story? A kid, a kid of ours that we had in a student ministry went to a camp and they went to a camp and they came to me crying. They were bawling, crying. I said, what's going on? What's going on? You're not going to believe it. You're not going to believe it. I had a conversation with one of these kids, with the kid. I said, well, tell me about it. Well, you know, they were, they were a non-believer, and I started telling them my story. And when I told them my story, my story really resonated with them. And, and so I began to share with them what God had done for me. I began to share with them how I was here, and God brought me here to here, and then from here to here, and how I ended up at the camp. And I started telling them all this stuff. And they said, well, man, if God does that for you, I know he can do it for me. And they, we started talking to one another. And she goes, I prayed. I prayed for that person. I prayed for that person to accept Christ. And they accepted Christ. And you know what? This is what I want to do for the rest of my life. For the rest of my life, that's what I want to do. I want to tell people my story. And I want to tell people about Christ. There was a passion there. But time comes in. And time did come in. Time came in, and one thing happened, and then another thing happened, and then another thing happened, and there was a forgetfulness of the original thing that had occurred. And that person didn't even follow Christ anymore. That person even denies Christ even was real. Now, and I'm ashamed to say it, but that person's my daughter. Time has a way of clouding our vision. The next thing we do, you guys, oftentimes is we let clutter. We let clutter fill our lives. Clutter fill our lives. I'm not sure what happened, but at some point my son went from being a little baby 
to six foot tall, like in two days. You guys ever had that happen? You wake up one night, they like, you serve beans or something for dinner. The next morning they wake up and they're Jolly Green Giant. Have you guys had that happen before? It happened to me. It happened to me. Time. Clutter. Things that get in the way of who the original, what the original plan was for anyway. A lot of us do it with success or we try to find some kind of fulfillment. And the question I always have is that drive for success and fulfillment, that drive that you're trying to constantly get, how's that working out for you? That new truck that you're trying to buy or, or that new house you're trying to buy, how's that working out for you? You know what I found? I found that I could want something so bad like a new house or a new truck or a new car or a new whatever. And I can want something so bad. But when I get it, after the newness fades off a little bit, it's just an old car. It's an old truck. It's just an old house. And none of it matters. We forget our first love. We forget the passion that we had. We forget what Christ has done for us. We forget those things. And the people in the book of Colossians had forgotten as well. I'm going to tell you guys a little secret to growing. And it's found in verse 9 and 10 and 11. It's found there. The secret to growing in your Christian faith is to simplify. It's to simplify. Simplify. This is what he says. He says, so. And when you see so in the scriptures, always look before it. So because... Because Holy Spirit has given this to you, basically. So, we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you what? We ask God to give you complete knowledge of His will. And to give you what? Spiritual wisdom. And what? And understanding. Then, the way you live will always honor and please God. And your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. And this is the part that you want to hear. All the while, you will grow as you know, as you grow to know God better and better. The secret, the secret to growing in your faith is not, is not to add more parts. It's not, listen, it, it's, it's not to beat yourself up over the head because you haven't read, you know, every ounce of the Bible every day. It's not if you miss a quiet time. It's not a quiet time at all. Listen, here, let me let you guys know something. They didn't have devotionals back in Jesus' day. All right? There wasn't chicken soup for the Hebrew soul or whatever it would be. All right? They didn't have any of that. They didn't have that. They didn't have uh, guide stone, you know, uh, devotionals or his, what is that one that's real popular now? Uh, Jesus is calling or whatever calling. And that's a great thing. I'm not knocking any of that. So they didn't have any of that stuff though. You know what they had? They had a time where they could communicate with God and allow God to move through their life. Can I tell you something? The people in the old and the new Testament, the people in the old and the new Testament were all screw ups. They were all screw-ups. And I want to tell you something, just like Rich said on the video, let me tell you something, that encourages me. I don't know if it encourages you, but it encourages me. Because I'll tell you, there have been more than one time in my life when I've said, God, you can no longer use me because I'm a screw-up. 
And God comes back and says, I'm using you because you're a screw-up. Simplify. Taking out all of the junk. It's funny because Jesus had a time in his ministry and, and all of these disciples are kind of trying to protect him. And all these kids start coming up to him, start coming to him. And the disciples start going, oh, gosh, man, let's get these kids out of here. This guy's a teacher. Don't you get it? He's a teacher, man. He's this junk. He's God, for God's sakes. You know what I'm saying? He's, he's amazing. We need to make sure, get these kids out of here. And he said, no, 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 no. Let these kids come to me. He said, as a matter of fact, let me teach you something here. He says, I'll tell you the truth. Unless you turn from your sins and become like little children, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. You will never get into the kingdom of heaven unless you become like little children. What is it that he's asking of us? What is it that he wants from us? He wants us to simplify. He wants us to simplify. And you and I will grow. We will grow when we simplify. I want to give you an assignment this week. This week, I want you to go back. All right? You may have to pull out the Sandy Patty 8-tracks. I don't know what you're going to be listening to. All right? You may have to get Amy Gill out or Amy Grant, whatever her name is now. You may have to get Amy Grant out, okay? And you may have to start, you may have to start playing some of her music and you may have to go in to the attic or maybe go to a yard sale and find a cassette tape recorder all right and put those things in and start listening to that stuff and and you may have to get your mind set back or or maybe you know maybe like me i have the picture that i showed of wendy and i is on is on a is on a bookshelf in my office at, at home uh, she made me a, a, a little um, a little what is it the the picture album she made me a picture album uh, of and and it starts at that picture it's on the front cover and then all through it all the way up until now there's pictures of our relationship and this week I found myself looking at that and looking through that. And as I was looking through it, I was remembering things and I was remembering things. And the whole time God's saying, this is what I'm here for. I want you to simplify. I don't want you to try. Listen, it's, there's no, it's no accident that God had people that weren't going to be here today. You know, our whole worship band is gone today and their families are gone, you know, today. 20 or 25 people, they're all gone. All right. And so what do we have? We have a guitar and three beautiful ladies singing. Simplify, scaled back, simple. And so this week you have an assignment. Your assignment is this. Maybe you need to get with your spouse and get up, you know, knock the dust off the, uh, the old album and go back to the time when you had hair. All right? And, you know, you need to look at those pictures and remember back. And, and then I don't want you just to do that. I want you to do something else. I want you to get by yourself somewhere. And I want you to think back to when you accepted Christ. I want you to think back to when you let Christ in your life. And I want you to think, I want you to think of the passion that you had whenever you first accepted Christ. That passion that you had. I want you to think back on a time whenever if someone said, hey, I got 20 bucks and a plane ticket, you want to go to South America, that you would do it. Think back of that time. Because I want to tell you something. The same God that was there now hasn't changed at all. It's the same God that you serve today. Your life situations may have changed. You may have added more layers to the story. 
but God hasn't changed an ounce. He's still there, and He still wants that same commitment. Just because time's passed, just because clutter's happened, God's calling you, and He's calling me. And I think He's saying this, simplify. We will grow. We will grow when we simplify. Let's pray. Lord God, we make your word so difficult. We do. We, we make your word so much more difficult than it really is. We make your word so much more. Um, um, we, we, we add so many layers. And when really you're, you're very simple. You're, you're a very simple and straightforward. And you've told us what you want from us. God, I want to be, I want to be obedient first to you. God, I'm thankful that you use screwed up people. And I'm thankful that you are calling us to live real. It's only when, it's only when God, we live real that you have a starting point for healing and growing us. And so God, don't let, ever let us be caught up in the flashy lights and the clutter and the mess and the legalism that sometimes churches bring. Let us always simplify and let us be able to sing a song that says, Oh God, you are my God. And I will ever praise you. And I will seek you in the morning and I'll learn to walk in your ways and step by step you'll lead me. And I will follow you all of my days. Let us be those people. And then let our lives affect other people so they can join in the simplification of grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to this message from Real Church Coweta. If you have any questions or if you'd like to contact us at Real Church, please go to our website at www.realchurchcoweta.com and you'll find our contact information under the contact tab. We would like to have you join us at 10 a.m. on Sundays at East Coweta High in Sharpsburg. Until next time, God bless you and take care.